Hi there. Uh, welcome to Bible slash Christmas. Kevin, hello. Hello. Uh, we just went through an entire video yep. on God's sovereignty and faithfulness and then found that the entire video did not record. God is good. What do you think he's trying to teach us? About? <laughs> well, I think uh, he's showing us that he's working in big things and small things, which is our topic for today. Exactly. Very good. It's a great segue. Pain. <laughs> no. Um, so you want to talk to us about something that's uh, miraculous yeah. and really cool, but yeah. also... Um, sort of odd, I yes, guess. Yeah. Uh, what What do you want to discuss for us on our meditation? I think, well, so one thing that catches attention, and rightly so, in understanding Christmas is the virgin birth, yeah. right? And I think what's important is to kind of go where the Bible leads us primarily with the virgin birth. There's yeah. different discussions you can have. It's so magnetic, you can just like extract it from the text and examine it in all sorts of ways. People, uh, I sat in a class once where one guy was going through biologically what, what could have happened, you know, yeah. with Mary's DNA or whatever yeah. and all this stuff. And um, and then there's other stuff with systematic theology. How did Adam's sin not get passed down to Jesus? Yeah. And on and on it goes. But the way it's it's put in the Bible is is as a it's it's framed as a plot point in the story of God's redemptive narrative, right? Okay. So um, we can pull it out of that and examine it. But when God gives it to us, it's an ingredient in the story of scripture. Okay. So um, just to start in the New Testament, it comes up when Joseph learns Mary was pregnant, right? Yeah. And so him being a righteous man, he wants to put her away uh, discreetly and uh, not suffer the shame of that. You see kind of his own internal wrestling match with that where, um, you know, he, it would be a shame to him. It right. would be a shame on Mary. There's this really, really small kind of personal problem yeah. that's in view between these two individuals which probably felt huge to him exactly yeah He's engaged to this girl she's pregnant which we like, i mean we have things that are like yeah the thing the biggest thing in my life can be something just me and another person yeah. or whatever you know but totally. um what's cool is yes you see you know the angel says this is the holy spirit who does this and you might think of oh the release then is just joseph being like okay my reputation's safe you know yeah. and it's like but Matthew's not writing for Joseph's reputation, though that is a factor. Um, he's writing because this is a promise about something way bigger than Joseph. Yeah. And it, it's really helpful because when we study it, it gets it gets our minds into like out of ourselves and into the story, the cosmic story of yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And so when you see Isaiah, uh, or when you see Matthew bring it up, he cites Isaiah, Isaiah 7, where the promise is given. Yeah. And there famous verse. Yes, Isaiah 7 14. It's a and there, in the story, it functions even then as a kingdom guarantee for the house of David. That yeah. the house of David uh, at the time was under threat. There's uh, evil King Ahaz, who's the king of uh, Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And uh, Isaiah is a prophet with access to him. And Ahaz is a piece of work. He feigns humility. He takes the Lord's words into his mouth. Uh, but his heart is unrighteous. Yeah. And, um, and basically the situation is, in his day... On the horizon, so to speak, is a dust cloud forming between um, Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel, and uh, modern-day Syria. So yeah. this unholy alliance between them, they market themselves as a terrorist network because they say, let's go terrorize Jerusalem. Let's yeah. basically destroy it. They're coming to conquer holy Jerusalem, yeah. the headquarters of the Davidic rule. Ahaz gets terrified. It says he's shaking like a tree in the wind, you yeah. know, like a tree shaking in high winds. Um, and God meets him there through Isaiah and says, Ahaz, basically, cool it. It's This is not going to be an issue. You know, like yeah. this whole thing. He gives a, a, a good promise. Um, and perhaps 
God's word, you know, talk feels cheap to Ahaz. He's so, you know, enthralled with this problem, this kingdom issue. Um, And so God basically slides him a blank check and he's like, place your order, Ahaz. I'll give you a sign. Name anything. You know, I mean, imagine imagine what you would say in that moment. Like, I want to see, you know, a bald eagle in a tuxedo. And it's like all these weird things. And, um, and, Ahaz is like, no, I won't trust. He's like, I will not test the Lord. And he's, right. he's feigning um, humility. And Ahaz is such a piece of work. You can see, you know, he's such a character that we can read the story and we can think it's all about Ahaz. Yeah. Um, but Isaiah sees Ahaz as something bigger. Again, mm-hmm. kind of helping us broaden the lens of the significance of an individual. Yeah. Um, and so you see Ahaz as a representative of, of the Davidic dynasty. Yeah. And, and it's much bigger than him. You can see it in verse 13 yeah. when it says, uh, Isaiah responds to him and says, listen now, O house of David. Yeah. So he's talking to one guy, but he calls him the house of David, yeah. which is huge. It, the, the whole house is being unfaithful. He's the speaker of the house. The dynasty of David is unfaithful to mm-hmm. the Lord at this moment. So the house language is very important. And God gives him a promise in verse 14. Uh, it says... Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Like he's just going to volunteer a sign for you. It says, behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. So the point, the grammar there signifies that the virgin will be with child as a virgin. You know, it's like people try to pull that apart in different ways. Um, But the fact is that she is a pregnant virgin, which is the miracle, which is the sign. Um, And this, this child is so significant because... His life is an indication that God is with us, like the people of Israel, especially. Um, And so you have a miraculous birth, which is assigned to unfaithful, uh, the unfaithful house of David. And God's going to override biology to communicate a point, you know, and um, and verse 15 is really cool because it goes on to say he'll eat curds and honey in order that he will know how to refuse evil and choose good, which is a way of saying He's going to grow. He's going yeah. to have a childhood. He's not going to be wiped out. Yeah. Um, and he's a very important child, again, because it proves that God is with them. Verse 16 says, because before the boy will know how to refuse evil and choose good, meaning he's very, very small, in his early chapters, the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. So the whole point is these threats, modern-day Syria and northern Israel, those lands will be forsaken. Yeah. Um, and it's like... So those countries will cease to exist. Yes, yes. Like the equivalent of saying, there will be no more England. Yes. Yeah. Very, very significant stuff. And people say, okay, well, it's got to be like a near fulfillment. Like there's got to yeah. be something um, something super relevant for Ahaz. Like he's got to point to a child in that day and say like, oh, he's the virgin born, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the Bible treats this as a prophecy of the birth of Christ yeah, only. The future. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It's, it's specifically built up there. And the way you get there is you realize, one, he's speaking not to Ahaz just in that moment, but he's speaking to the house of David for the sake of the story. Um, And what he's doing is he's giving them an advanced copy of history, like of of a future chapter of history, sliding it across the table. And he's like, hey, take a peek. This hasn't been published yet officially, but like, look at this. He's giving him a a portal into the future, a telescope into the future. And he's saying, hey, look. And the the effect of it is basically to say, like, if, if you had a personal problem, you're Ahaz. Get in Ahaz's shoes. You're looking, you know, at the horizon, and you're telling yourself horror stories. Yeah. You know, like you're 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 telling you're you're imagining your whole family being killed or whatever. And and basically, what's happening is God's giving him a window into the future to see the equivalent of his great 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 grandchildren playing in peace. Right. You know, it's like 
that's kind of the point is like, yeah. hey, if that's going to happen, then this threat isn't going to extinguish you, yeah. isn't going to vanquish you. Um, so that's awesome. Super cool. God's saying, look ahead. I've put someone in my story in the future who's super important. And because that's happening, you know that this will not be your end. Yeah. Um, and so we know from that in the original context, it's signifying that the house of David is immortal. Like yeah. the house of David will be around forever. Fast forward to Joseph. And it's super cool because Joseph is introduced in Matthew one as a son of David. So yeah. he's part of the Davidic dynasty and he's waffling and what to do. He has a yeah. personal problem and things, but Matthew wants to broaden your lens as a reader to show you like, Hey, his, his little momentary decision, you know, like made in a matter of seconds, yeah. um, actually carries significance for what God's been doing for thousands and thousands like of years, yeah. right? Like God's whole plan to David, to his house, all of that is, um, you know, the context in which we see this one decision of like, do I put her away? Yeah. Or do I not? Yeah, you know? totally. Like, really cool. Yeah, that's super helpful. It's funny because both those guys actually kind of focus on their immediate yes. in the immediate. Yes. And God is like, hey, get above that. Yeah. I made a promise to David. That promise is going to go away. And Ahaz, you're an idiot. And there's armies <laughs> coming. But listen, the house of David is intact. And Joseph, you're in a situation you didn't plan for. A very uncomfortable situation yes. socially. But don't worry. Right. I, this is really about a future reality that's coming to you. And so just know I'm in control of yeah. this. And I'm bringing about my promises that have been that have been from thousands of years yeah. before. It's so cool. I feel like when you see that perspective on like, okay, you got a guy who has a very real issue. Yeah. But then God basically broadens his lens to find peace in like the whole sovereign sway that yeah. he has over history. It's like... I can just take that anywhere. You yeah, know? Totally. I mean, like, totally. like, it's easy for us to get myopic. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Christmas time, it's so yeah. easy to get myopic and think like, oh, I've got you know whatever this family thing, and it's going to be uncomfortable, or I've got these these presents to buy, and finances are tight, or whatever. And and actually, God wants us to be above that stuff. Yeah. Not that those things aren't real problems, exactly. but to realize like, no, God actually has eternal things that He's working in all of these things, mm -hmm. and I and He's actually got plans for these circumstances, no matter how small they seem. Yeah. He has global plans for these things. Yeah. So like when we tip a domino yeah. on Christmas Day, yeah. the comment we make at dinner or whatever, yeah. it's like we know that that's part of a huge, you yeah. know, like scheme of things. Like a giant network yeah. that God's doing. Yeah. So that perspective, I think, is just really uh, refreshing. Yeah. It helps me kind of understand the way the virgin birth functions in the Bible and yeah. the pastoral help that totally. that brings. That's so hopeful. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Hope that's helpful for you as well. And uh, if you have any questions on that or any topic, you can always email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much. And by the way, quick thank you to our good friend, Ethan Welch. Uh, he's been editing these videos and then putting them up on uh, YouTube for us. So huge thanks to Ethan as well.